there's this, uh, this guy, his name was <clears throat> Thomas Vanderwood. Kind of an interesting life, uh, actually a, a very interesting death. Um, he was a pilot during the Vietnam War. After the war, he uh, flew commercial flights for years, um, retired. Uh, he had seven kids. Uh, one of them was a priest, very, very Catholic family. This guy was a, you know, a daily communicant. Um, his youngest son, Joe, uh, had Down syndrome. After he retired, he retired in, to Virginia. He, uh, one day, he and Joe, the youngest, was, uh, they were out, I think he had like a farm, like a small farm. So he was out uh, in the field, and uh, the son, Joe, fell through this piece of metal, which was uh, covering a septic tank, which I guess they were unaware of. The father heard him scream, uh, ran to where he was. Um, the kid was down in the midst of this, couldn't even see him. The father jumps in. He quickly sinks in this sewage, but he was able to lift his son up uh, above, and he kept his head uh, you know, above the, the muck, essentially. Uh, his wife heard the, the screaming, the cries from the yard. She calls 911. When they arrived, um, they were able to pull the son to safety. Um, but the father was unconscious, so they, they, they pulled him out, rushed him to the hospital, but they couldn't save him. Um, he ultimately, he drowned. Um, this horrible tragedy. But he saved his son's life. Um, 2,000 people, 2,000 people came to the funeral. This guy was just beloved. Um, this is what the, the bishop of the diocese said at the funeral, that this was simply his final, his final act. It was the crown of a whole life of self-giving. And they say that nobody was really surprised. I mean, the nature of his death, of course, was surprising, tragic. But his whole life was about serving other people. He was just so other-centered. Um, you know, maybe you ask, as horrible or tragic as the story is, you know, you might ask yourself, or maybe you at least think to yourself, yeah, but it was his son. Like, what father or mother wouldn't sacrifice their life for their kids. Like I think most, I think most parents would say, I, I would, I would. I mean, who wouldn't sacrifice wildly for somebody that they love, especially your, your kid? And I'm not making little of what happened, I'm just thinking like, he's probably not alone. But I think what was, what was unique about this particular guy, according to what was written about him, was they say he'd have done that for anybody. In this case, it was his son. But he would have done it for anybody. That was the way his, that was his whole, like, perspective on life. Like, everybody was important. He didn't really draw distinctions between, you know, the inner circle and everybody else. 
Well, listen to this. This, is, this says, uh, it's like the definition of falling on a grenade. Falling on a grenade is the deliberate act of using one's body to cover a live grenade. Absorbing the explosion and fragmentation in an effort to save the lives of others nearby. Since this is almost universally fatal, it's considered an especially selfless act of individual sacrifice. In the United States military history, more citations for the Medal of Honor have been awarded for falling on grenades to save comrades than any other single act. Falling on a grenade. I mean, isn't that really, isn't that really what Jesus is describing in this gospel? I mean, isn't it really what that father did in Virginia? No one has, no, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. No one has greater love than this, falling on a grenade. You know what he's saying, I think? Jesus, to us, we just need to love the way God loves. Like, he's like, you need, we need to love the way God loves him. He makes this whole connection between God's love, the Father's love for the Son, and how we, therefore, should love everybody we encounter. All people, all the time. Here's the point, like, I, God doesn't really qualify love. I think we do, so often. So often for us, it's, it is kind of conditional. We wish it wasn't, but it usually is. I love you if you're loving toward me. I like you if you're kind to me. But if you're not, different story. Like it really is kind of conditional. It is kind of <clears throat> transactional. I treat you, you treat me a certain way and I'll, in a corresponding way, you'll get the same. But if it doesn't go both ways, it's not gonna happen. That's not really what's being demanded of us in this gospel. It's like we need to love no matter what, no conditions, no qualifications. You know, you see it in this first reading. This guy, Cornelius, he's a pagan, but he wants to know Jesus. He wants to be a Christian. But members of the early church, the Jewish members of the early Christian community, Jews who had, be who had become Christian, they're like, no, no good. He's not, he's a, he's a foreigner, he's a, he's a pagan. And Peter's like, no, that's no good. No clubs, no cliques, no categories. All people are the same. All people are loved by God. It's that simple. You know, remember the story, one of the gospel stories where Jesus is, uh, he's, he's in somebody's house and there's a ton of people there and he's like, you know, wowing everybody. He's, you know, preaching and he's probably performing miracles. Mary and the apostles show up and there's a big crowd. They can't even get in. So word gets to Jesus that your mother's outside and your brothers, the apostles. Like in other words, come on, make room, let them cut the line. And Jesus is like, no, 
Jesus is like, no, my, my family is inside as well as outside. But he says, she's, she's no more important than the people that are inside the house. You know, we hear that and we're kind of like, oh, seems a little harsh, doesn't it? Maybe especially on Mother's Day to hear something like that. Like, you mean, it's the same as... This, this, this person sitting on the couch is the same as my mother outside. In God's eyes, yes. And our, we should see the way God sees. I mean, that's the goal. Are we there? I mean, pff, most of us not. That guy in Virginia, they say was. They said he would have he jumped on a grenade for anybody. He didn't do it because it was his son. He did it because somebody needed to be saved. And there's the goal. And that's where we've got to get. You know what we do is I think we just, we manipulate it. We do create categories. I'm just flat out gonna love some people more than others. I'm just gonna flat out be better and kinder to some people more than others. All right. But it's not the gospel. Like it's just, it's not, it doesn't fly with the gospel. And listen to this quote. I mean, how true is this? This person says, you can safely assume that you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God seems to hate all the people that you hate. Like we've sort of, yeah, the pair of people I have no use for, I'm sure God is equally like, has no patience for those people. It makes us comfortable. It justifies us like putting a hand out and saying, you stay away. I mean, consider this. I mean, I think these are just a couple of very hard to digest facts about God, I think. God loves those we hate just as much as he loves us. So think of the people that you maybe hate. Nobody likes saying it. But say for the moment, yeah, there are a couple that we do hate. God loves those people as much as he loves us. And those people that we hate are just as important and just as precious in God's eyes as we are. Like, that's the fact. They are the facts. And I just think on some level, I'll speak for myself. It's sort of like, no, it's, you know, there's no way. There's no way God loves that awful person as much as he loves me. <laughs> hey, I think the goal of it all is, is simply, not simply, but it's not simple, but it's this, to see people the way God sees people. Like, that's where we've got to get. That's the end of the line to see people the way God sees people. You know, our responsibility, our responsibility is to love no matter how we feel. I saw this article and the title of it, well, this was the title. It says, what, what does laying down your life for someone else really mean? This was written by a guy who, uh, well, he, he talks about when he was engaged and uh, he was getting married, and so he had to go to pre-Cana, kind of like the, the, the class to, for marriage prep. This is what he says. My wife and I attended pre-Cana, and the couple counseling us told us that the first thing we needed to always remember was that love is a choice. 
not a feeling. I thought to myself, no way. I don't control how I, how I feel about people. I either love them or I don't. End of story. It took me years before I came to understand what that couple meant. It's true, I don't control how I feel. What I didn't realize back then was that it's never my responsibility or even within my control to be loved. That's out of my hands. My responsibility is to make sure that I love no matter how I feel. I had always thought, I had always thought the feeling of love was either there or it wasn't. But with time and marriage and kids, I've come to realize that love really is a choice. What's best for others before yourself. I think that's true. And I think that's this gospel. I think it's, what, it's absolutely what that father did. He put what was best for others before himself. And he saved his son's life. You know, we had, uh, some of you probably know, we had last week here uh, at St. Mary's, the Sisters of Life were staying. They're an amazing religious community of nuns. Uh, and they stayed at the rectory for about a week. They were doing some, uh, kind of some work, you know, work, community work, and they were also just hanging out. They went down at the beach a little bit and on the boardwalk. They're incredible. They're, um, I just love them. There's about 120 of them, I think, and they're only about 30 years old. Um, so the, believe it or not, they're like a, a group of nuns that's actually growing. I mean, you never really see that, rarely today. And their whole purpose, their whole mission is to just promote life, like all life is precious. All people matter, because we come from God. It's that simple. So it all, whether it's from the beginning of life, born to people in, in nursing homes, and every, anything and everyone in between, like all life is sacred. Um, anyway, Father Leo and I, they invited us over for dinner at the rectory last week. And I just, I love them. They're just so holy and so kind and inspiring. And they just live out, you know what it is? They live this gospel. They don't qualify love. It's not conditional. Like they really, truly, and I mean, hey, nobody's perfect. They don't hit the bullseye all the time. Nobody does. But they do more than most, I think. Like that's why people are so sort of struck by them. I'm just thinking, man, I, I got, I love to be like them. A couple of days later, this past week, I'm down at Ignatius, and I'm uh, getting into my car. Uh, I'm pulling out of the driveway, out of the garage, and I can see this guy walking across the lawn, and he's coming, I can tell he can see me, and he's like trying to get my attention. And I'm in a little bit of a rush. Um, it wasn't important, I was going out to eat. It wasn't like in an emergency, but I just, I wanted, I wanted to get away and I could tell by the the look of the guy that he was either either homeless or certainly down and out he just had that look and I'm like oh god and I'm kind of hoping he's not looking for me but then I, like he kind of points at me and I'm like so he comes up and I just I wanted to be so done with him uh, my instinct was to just to be so dismissive of this guy. And, and it was just what I thought. Like he was looking for money and you know, it's so tough because like, you know, like okay. 
you get this tale of woe, you know, half the time, more than half the time, it's not even accurate. You know, that you're not being told the truth. Where, what's this money going to be spent on? He was like sticking his head in the window of the car and he was like closer to me than I wanted him to be. He kind of he smelled. It was like all these factors. And I just was like, <laughs> I wanted to roll up the window and drive away. And on the floor of the car, the Sisters of Life gave us um, like literature. In fact, they handed them out a couple of couple of the masses. They have this great little magazine and it's laying on the floor of my car and I see that and I was just like, okay, well, how would the sisters handle this guy? They wouldn't be rolling up the window, you know, and I, and I tried, like I really tried to give the guy a little bit of time and I kind of slowed myself down. I was like, right, let me just be present to this guy. I mean, I'm not going to change this guy's life right now and I'm not going to solve all his problems, but probably everybody runs from this guy, right? People just probably almost cross the other side of the street when this guy approaches. Probably almost all, all the time. So I tried to do the right thing. But I was totally inspired by these nuns who very simply live out this gospel. They just love everybody. Everybody's important. Everybody matters. They don't make up their own rules. They don't reinterpret this gospel. I do. I suspect more than just I do. Because it's a really tough one. Almost seemingly impossible, but it's not if we commit to it. I was watching uh, <laughs> the news a couple of days ago, and God, there was a clip of um, Joy Behar. You know, she's on The View. I can't stand Joy Behar. I just. I just find her, it's just, I mean, I don't watch The View, you know, punch me in the mouth if you ever find me watching The View, but, like, I find, like, whenever I hear a clip of her, she seems to, like, everything I love, almost, and almost everything I believe in, she seems to trash. She just seems, like, I just, I'm so, I find her so objectionable, personally. And then I think of this gospel. There's just no way God loves Joy Behar more than he loves me. Like, there's just no way. My rules, no way. My rules, there's, you know, Joy Behar and, 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 and nice people. God's rules, way. Like, there is a way. God loves Joy Behar as much as he loves me. I mean, who's your Joy Behar? Who's your Joy Behar? Let's steal a page from the Sisters of Life. Or that father who saved his son and lost his own life. They say he held him in the, the article, he said he held him above the muck. Beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Stay above the muck.